0: It. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is episode 91 of a very Hoth-like system, Nerd pod Generations, because it is absolutely snowing and freezing cold yes. outside. As always, I am one of your hosts, Steve Taylor, along with the lovely Al Jetsum. Hello, friends and others. I had to think of my name for a second there. I was uh, like, what the hell's my name? It's, it's a
1: cold, cold day. It's out. a cold day. There's a wampa in here. Yes. He's wandering around eating tuna fish right now. Um, and
0: I plan on sleeping in a tauntaun tonight. So. Yeah, it's
1: it's fucking cold it's
0: really fucking cold it's
1: cold yeah. we just had an ice storm here a few days ago like branches ripped from trees ice storm for all you old folks not as bad as ninety one. <laughs> 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 yes. but uh it was still we we have kindling for
0: the entire summer now oh yeah no
1: <laughs> we won't have to worry about and that i'll be honest
0: i'm kind of excited about that because since we do have a fire pit i keep seeing all these trees that are falling near my yard i'm like I'm going to cut those oh, up I'm, soon as the spring
1: hits. I'm going to get a hatchet and I'm going to go through the tree line uh-huh. and grab a lot of the down branches that have just been sitting there for the last year and a half, chop them up, bring them over, Absolutely. use them as firewood.
0: Absolutely. Fuck yeah. And I cannot wait That's for it.
1: That's what that. we did with our Christmas tree. We were just like, hey, this Christmas tree was fucking $60. We better get some use out of it. So have you
0: ever lit a Christmas tree on fire? I
1: have. It's exciting and it's fun.
0: It's fantastic. It's yeah. like popcorn almost. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: well, and like the, the speed. Oh the yeah. The speed at which it goes, man. Yeah when Which, those needles turn
0: brown it just and that's why i i tend to keep we do have some evergreen trees near our house where that people have pruned and i try i try to keep some of that wood not for a nice long fire but to actually get the fire started, started. cuz when you light that yeah it goes crazy yeah. and you burn through i i made the mistake of doing a fire with only wood from an evergreen tree and the fire was down in like 20 minutes yeah. all the wood was gone i was like oh. Oh, yeah. well, there it goes. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great day. Hey, roast your Marshmallows on Hopes and Dreams, kids. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. All right, folks. So, as we said, this is episode 91 of NerdPod Generation. So, that means there are 90 previous episodes that are pure gold, including the last episode, which was our view reaction to... Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, so if you have seen that movie and you want to hear what we think about it, please go back and listen to it. If you haven't seen the movie, the first part is spoiler-free, so you can kind of get an idea and then come back and listen to the rest of it.
1: We were actually just talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp without going back into spoilers. And it was
0: really more Marvel. Yeah, just Marvel in general. Yeah, but we were using Ant-Man and the Wasp as a... kind of a
1: catalyst for the conversation of just like... Because that's the most recent one, and it's once again... Because you were talking about friends that have canceled Mm. Disney+. Plus. And, like, I I have a pantheon of superheroes that I've come up with. So every time I'm watching a superhero thing, my first thought is, how would my characters handle this situation? And even something like Black Adam had mm-hmm. that moment of, like, oh, but what if? And nothing. Marvel has not sparked that interest in me since Endgame. And Ant-Man is right in that line of just, yeah. like, it's perfectly cromulent if you don't care. Yeah. But Marvel has gotten to a point now where they don't need you and me. They have a million ten-year-olds. They have a a PewDiePie-style army of marvels who, when I, back in my day, um, Mm. it should be the the code line for our podcast,
0: is back in my (laughs) day. That should be the new name. (laughs) Um, Neuropod Generations, back back in in our day. day,
1: um, But back in my day, we didn't refer to ourselves as, you know... Marvel fans or whatever we were Marvelites like that was how all Mm. me and my friends described ourselves because we read the fucking comics it had nothing to do with the movies you know it wasn't like I'm a Marvel fan because Mm. I saw Spider-Man and I really liked it It was like no I fucking read the comics and I did all this shit and when the movies were first coming out that was important and Marvel tried to cater to us in big ways and now it's kind of just this wink wink hint hint ha 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 isn't it funny that Mm. we're including this thing but we're gonna butcher what you actually came here for yeah you know and it's just like i was talking to my dad mm. i asked my dad do you remember modoc and he said unfortunately yes and i had to tell him that we have an even worse version of modoc now yeah. terrible and how how <laughs> how it shouldn't be this bad like and it's because they have this army of 10-year-olds and 10-year-olds at heart who will go they don't read the comics. They don't know anything about this. This is just a fun popcorn thing for them. Mm-hmm. They don't really care. But they'll go and they'll watch every one of them and they'll say that they care. But, like, they won't fucking know who Jack Flagg is. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know who Jack of Hearts is. They don't know that there's a third Ant Man. Like,
0: it's so frustrating.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's like I think I mentioned this last week. There are people I work with and just people I see. I, I would make this wager that. The vast majority of the people, twenty years old and younger, have never run a, read a Harry Potter book. No. Which, if you think about it, ten years ago that would be blasphemy. Yeah. And nowadays it's just commonplace. Well, and people... especially with how J.K. Rowling is is
1: viewed now, and yeah, social I know. circles of just like I've seen just as many people saying boycott Potter, more whatever it is, Wizarding whatever the new game, boycott it because of J.K. Rowling. As I have people talking about anything positive. Yeah, I've
0: seen more people say don't play it than I have seen people. And say and play you it. know what this the canceling thing for now if like Bill Cosby, yeah, I am okay with him being canceled. Yeah, she said an opinion, agree with it or not. That doesn't take away from this wonderful world she created.
1: This is my thing: is that at some point you
0: have to divide the artist from the art. Yeah, I love Michael Jackson. He may or may not have done horrible things to little kids. I still listen to yeah. you know Billy Jean and I love the song. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's like you, you gotta separate the two. I mean the majority of the music that we listen to, the TV that we watch and the movies that we watch have been created by horrible people who have done horrible things. When well, you look at Usual Suspects,
1: it's oh, one yeah. of the best movies of its kind. Yes. It was made by a horrible human being. And it stars a horrible, a horrible human, human being. being. And it's just like, do you erase usual suspects? Nope. How can you? It's so good, you can't erase it just because of these two things. Yep. Like, it's too important to film history. I, I was and thinking knowledge. about
0: that the other day. I watched, um, I haven't seen it in a long time, The Men Who Stare at Goats. I don't know if you Yeah, yeah, seen, yeah. Love that movie. And you see, I see Kevin Spacey, but I don't think of him as Kevin Spacey. I think of him as the character he's yeah. playing. And then, you know, if I see him out in the wild, I'll be like, you're a piece of garbage. Yeah. But yeah, in the movie, it's like... You don't need to take them out of it. You don't need to not watch it. If it's enjoyable, watch it. Yeah, and it's like, this is one of those things
1: that you learn in in film school, Mm. is because we had a Film 101 class, Mm. and when you do Film 101 and you're going over the basic history of film, you have to talk about D.W. Griffith and birth of a nation yes you have to and it's not because of the racism that is also part of the conversation you have to have but you have to have it as a conversation because it is the first of its kind of the rest of filmmaking history yeah so you have to talk about it you cannot just shoo it away say like this didn't happen like no you have to have both conversations you yes. have to talk about the importance of the movie in terms of its place in film history and montage cinema and narrative filmmaking. Yeah. And you have to have a conversation about the horrible racism involved in the making of production and telling of this story. Yeah. So, like, yes, you have to have both conversations. You don't cancel the whole thing out. You don't throw out Harry Potter because J.K. Rowling is an idiot. Yeah. You say, okay, she doesn't need to be part of this anymore. In the same way that, like, Star Wars fans don't really want Lucas to be a part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. We're kind of over it. And, you know, if he blows this one, Indiana Jones fans might say, Spielberg, maybe don't do the next one. Maybe just maybe just don't. Mm-hmm. Maybe just don't. If we do it, maybe have somebody new come in and do it. But, like, you can have that mm-hmm. as a concept. You can have the two. And the Wizarding World, ironically, lends itself very well to mm-hmm. some of the things
0: that J.K. Rowling has come out against. So it's just like... It's, and, I mean, are you... I want to ask this to some people. I mean, are you really going to say any movie that came out before the 1960s, before Sidney Poitier really kind of broke through, all of those movies are racist, yeah. sexist, and but they're still, like, you're talking decades of film history, some amazing, great movies. It's just when you think about how they were made, and, and like, if you watch the, the movie Blonde about Marilyn Monroe... You know, a lot of these leading ladies had to get down on their knees to get these roles. Yeah, and to think about that and be like, "Well, I can't watch the movie." Then it's like you can't you can't shy away four decades of films. You need to understand, like you're saying, you need to understand the horribleness that went into making it. But the film itself, you know, it's history. Yeah. You gotta like the Civil War. You gotta acknowledge Civil War happened. You don't put up statues of Confederate generals. Because when somebody says you take down a statue you're taking away my history, no. No. You can't take away history. You're just not glorifying mm-hmm. it by putting that up. Exactly. So like you're saying, you watch Birth of a Nation, you yeah. don't go, D.W. Griffith was a genius and this is amazing. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, this movie was very important. The things he did were genius. But then also he did these horrible things. But
1: also, he was a weird racist. Not even like a crazy racist. Oh, yeah. Because he has a feeling about every race and not all of them are negative and it's just he's just a crazy guy from the 1800s yeah birth of a nation was made in the 1910s like yeah. it, it's really old dw griffith therefore is from the 1800s yeah like of course he's going to have this screwed up view of things obviously so you have to put it in that context and understand it yeah because it, it's unfair to the person learning. Yeah. to take this knowledge and say well you can't have it it's like no that's no that's not how knowledge works the idea is that you have knowledge and context of mm-hmm. the knowledge which is the reason the internet doesn't work is because you have knowledge with no context or context with no knowledge
0: yeah. and i think and i think that's the thing is a lot of people don't realize how short time is because mm-hmm. if you think about it 10 years before <laughs> i was born african americans in the south were getting lynched Hit with fire hoses only 10 years before I was born. Yeah. Which is insane to think about that. Yeah. And it's like, that's not a long time. It hasn't
1: been a long time. No, it has
0: not been a long time since we were doing horrific things. And it's like, you you, you got to take everything into context. It's mm-hmm. so weird. So I'm going to roll this into something. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Completely off topic yeah. of what we were just talking <laughs> and now, about. Okay. For a completely different story. So... A story came out this week that really bothered me. Mainly because they didn't go into detail. And it is that there are new Lord of the Rings movies being made. You sent me this. So now, it doesn't say are they new movies based on different, like, new stories they're coming up with? Or are they remaking?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm terrified of it both. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea? Because, I mean, if the show showed anything... You got to make sure you really got the story down, and that was
1: supposed to be a high-end production that was going to get the story down exactly. And it still didn't do
0: it. And there's no way you can remake. No, I mean it's only been twenty years since Return of the King. I think was two thousand three or yeah. two thousand four. So it's only been twenty years. Yeah, and they're perfect. They still they, hold up perfect. Not only that,
1: they're in that line of I would put them higher than something like Back to the Future. Or it's on that line of like Raiders of the Lost Ark. You never need to remake it. Why would you ever remake it? It, You made a perfect version. Listen, some people say you need Tom Bombadil. I know many of those people that say you need Tom Bombadil. You don't need Tom Bombadil. He
0: screws up the canon. They're three, four hour long movies.
1: Where the fuck are you sticking Tom Bombadil?
0: You're going to make it five hours long? The internet
1: is baffled by why you don't just give the ring to the Eagles. You think they're going to handle Tom Bombadil? Yeah. It's just going to make everybody confused. No, you cut that shit. If it's to get the hobbits their swords out of the barrows, Aragorn can give them their swords. It's fine. Um, But like, so even then, this is so paramount to perfect that it's like, why? You don't need to remake it. There's no purpose to remake it. You know, there's a million movies that shouldn't be remade that should be remade before this one. Yeah. It's like, how about how about you come up with original ideas? Yeah, here's a crazy is that, notion. Is that nuts? Look at, original fucking ideas. Look at Vox Machina. Yeah. Say, hey, I can take a fantasy world where there are elves and dwarves and shit, and I can do stuff with it. And from the link you sent me, I haven't read anything about it, but it, it seems like it's a European production. So it's like... Yeah, and I just... I, I don't understand.
0: I just can't fathom... Because, like, the... Y- there will be an uproar if you remake the movies, yeah, without a doubt. And then the TV show got such poor reception to it. How are you going to then roll out new movies? Yeah, no, it's I just don't idea. get it. Even if it's five years down the line. And it's then a bad the Hobbit idea. movies were lambasted, yeah. so it's like, how are we going to do this? You like got... maybe remake the Hobbit yeah. and do it in one movie or two.
1: This this reeks of people thinking that they can hire. Captain Shakespeare from Stardust. Mm. We've talked a lot about Stardust yes. on this show.
0: Love Stardust. Uh
1: whose job is literally to go up in the clouds and capture lightning in bottles. And they're like, oh yeah, you can just do that as a day job. Like just go do it with Lord of the Rings, just capture that lightning in a bottle. No, you fucking you fucking moron. Yes, <laughs> do you Do you understand why it's called catching lightning in a bottle? <laughs> it's mm. impossible. It's not a thing that can be done. So now you're just like, oh, yeah, just go do it. It's fine. It's a guaranteed success. It's not. And you're no. going to ruin the water. Yeah. You keep shitting in the water. It's going to ruin the
0: water. And it's like for these properties, I would almost give a pass if they want to retell the Lord of the Rings story, but in a TV series. So you can do it over, like, each book is a season. Tell 10 episodes, 10 hours. Don't. You can't do movies.
1: Just if you did it as an animated TV show, that's the only way There you way go. I animated. If you did it as a live action TV show, I still wouldn't go for it. If it was an animated TV mm. show that was unique
0: in its own style. I could see that. I'll give it to you. I'll check it but out. But like, that's why I give a pass to, now mind you, these movies were horrible, but the Percy Jackson TV series. Mm-hmm. Great idea because you can get so much more information into a, you know, a 10 or 12 episode arc, whatever it's going to be for the first season. And those movies were horrific. So it's not like they're doing anything negative by mm-hmm. doing a show, but like. Because there's even talk of, A, there's talk of um, them making Harry Potter and the Cursed Child with the original cast, but then there was also a, a little rumor of them potentially remaking those movies.
1: Don't remake them as movies. Remake them as TV shows. Exactly. Please and thank you. That's. It won't work. Listen, you can do it again. It won't work better the second time. No. It wasn't like, oh, we didn't have the right writers, or oh, we didn't have the right directors. No. You had... A fairly decent complement of people working on this. It's the length that's the issue. You're yes. not going to get it. it. Listen, one, two, maybe three. Yeah, you can get it in a two hour movie. All the rest of them? <laughs> <laughs>
2: three and a half
0: hours. Never least. fucking happening. No, never, never. They need to be a full season. Like, I'm still least. pissed that Peeves was never in any of the movies. So it's like, what are you going to do now if yeah. you're going to make shorter movies or. Yeah, so listen, I'm.
1: I want an episode. Let's call it episode. Uh, we'll roll it at four
2: mm.
1: episode four of the second season of harry potter the, the chamber, of chamber of secrets uh is the death day party and the entire mm. episode takes place at the death day party and it's just about finding out information while you're there and also harry kind of being like but maybe i could find my parents mm. and near the other of being like eh, it doesn't really work that way harry
2: mm.
1: yes yes this, yes, yes, this. Mm-hmm. Why
0: can't we have this? Because we don't have time. That's why we can't have it. And I kind of agree with you. I, I wish they mu- they would go more in the animated route. Because yeah. that way you wouldn't have the issue of the kids aging up or exactly. anything like you that. Exactly. You could
1: draw them the way they're supposed to look. Yeah. You don't have to worry about if the actors look right. You don't have to worry about casting.
0: Because I think especially with Harry Potter, honestly, the majority of the cast... I don't want to say they're interchangeable, but the only one you cannot do is Snape again. Alan Rickman is Severus Snape. Yeah. Period. End of story. Yeah. can never remake it. Even he said it, I'm Snape. Yeah. Like, he was so proud of that, and he's so perfect. There was never better casting than that, that I don't think you could redo a Harry Potter without Alan Rickman as Snape, and we all know, unfortunately, that'll never happen, but... No. um That's still very sad to me. But yeah, so it's like... But this whole Lord of the Rings thing really, really bothered me because I'm like, God damn it. They're, they got, you know, it's Warner Brothers, and, and so it's going to be the, the whole Discovery, whatever, bullshit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just, it's like, fuck, man. I hope they don't screw it up.
1: If they do it, you know what? Be bold. Be daring. Do it with marionettes. I dare you i doubled double dare you.
0: Team America,
1: Lord of the do, Rings. Do Lord of the Rings <laughs> with marionettes. It would be amazing. Everybody would talk about the incredible piece of art you've produced. Because I was thinking about like if you did Harry Potter, but as Harry Potter Puppet Pals, but as a full season of like 40-minute long episodes of Puppet Pals going
0: through each so chapter of the book. You just made books. me think, though. Lord of the Rings as a stop-motion animation? Could that be would be awesome. Could be great like cuz i'm thinking about the the Guillermo del Toro P- Pinocchio. Yeah. That type of animation but Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah. would be so cool. Yeah. And that would like i think everyone would be okay with that because you're telling the story but you're not using actors, you're using This is what i'm something. saying is, oh, is you, you get the
1: awesome. art right. You can get the art precisely right when you animate it. Yes. You go to whatever studio you have. There's some really great animation studios around the world. You go to them. You don't do it with Flash. You don't do it Mm. the way American animation is done because Mm -hmm. it makes me fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Do the work. Get it really well animated. Get the art design right. Mm -hmm. If you came up with a Harry Potter animated series that was six episodes a season, seven episodes a season, hour-long episode, Mm -hmm. oh my God. That'd be awesome. I would be so ecstatic. I would be be out of my mind excited to watch that. So like... God, we keep giving
0: these studios great ideas. And they don't listen. They don't listen, and if they do, they don't pay us shit. I'd
1: be offended if they listened, but they don't even listen. (laughs) They don't even listen. They don't even have the dignity to listen.
0: (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) All right, so we got to get into it. We got a lot to talk about today.
1: I just want to mention it because me and Kelly went out, and we saw the Oscar-nominated short films. And it was was an extremely fun experience. We went Mm. out to a little. It was very nice. Oh, nice. Uh, They were just showing them all back-to-back. And... Uh, it was like what an hour and a half, something like that, less, and it was just very fun. Uh-huh. Um, so we saw five short films. Nice. Uh, the best one is an ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe him. Which is that's a great title. A claymation uh, where the center of it is the actual movie, and then around it you see the people moving in fast motion as they animate the thing into action. Oh, that's amazing! And it's about a guy working in an office, and he starts seeing the strings of the animation. So like people's mouths fall off or a guy doesn't have legs for a shot and he starts seeing, he's like, that's not right. And he stays after one night Mm. and he goes to the elevator and there's an ostrich in it and it walks out and it tells him that the world isn't real. And then he comes into the office the next day and all the cubicles are gone and it's Mm. an open office layout (laughs) he's like this is weird he goes through a door and his face falls off because he becomes a puppet and he loses the ability to ambulate on his own without the animators oh that's so weird and it's really trippy and it's really good Mm. and it's all just a gag because the entire thing is revealed to be a commercial for an office furniture supply chain called ostrich outpost oh
0: that's amazing
1: And so this is all just, like, the things that are happening in the yeah. background of the commercial. Oh, that's And then they so show cool. the commercial at the end, and you're like, oh. <laughs> so that was definitely the best one. There were a few other ones. Uh, there's a, a man gets blown up, and it's, like, this guy. Mm. You see his dick as he flies through the air because his clothes all come off. It's it's a very strange Canadian animated thing. That sounds very thing. weird. It's, it, I say you see his dick. It's like he has a little finger in between mm-hmm. his legs. Um we're Canadian. It's like Terrence it, and Phillipson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's, like... It's just like this guy is close to a boat that explodes mm-hmm. and it's him flying through the air and just like reliving his life. It's a perfectly cromulent, not very cool, not mm-hmm. very flashy, but just fine. Um, there was, uh, what was the sex one? The It was like...
2: My Year of Dicks.
1: My Year of Dicks. <laughs> uh, there, which, was, there, was there was a lot of dicks, dicks going on in yeah. the music. There was an age warning. Yeah, there was an age warning because it talked a lot about sex because it was just like this girl from the 90s Mm. i guess did a vlog of some kind as much of a vlog as you can do in the 90s talking about wanting to have sex with some guy and this is like an animation of the various diary entries yeah and it, it was also pretty good it was it was funny it was fine interesting um and then you had these two uh which one was uh there was the boy and the mole and then what was the other one
2: ice merchants
1: ice merchants oh ice merchants was beautiful Ice merchants was just this beautiful like father son. They live on the mm-hmm. side of a glacier, and they make ice and they uh, skydive down to the village every day Weird. to bring ice. And then the glacier starts melting, and it's it's a really beautiful no short dialogue. film. There's oh, no dialogue. God, that's awesome. It's it's just really heart wrenching to watch. The other one that I really I thought I liked while I was watching it, the more I thought about, it, the more I was like, I don't think I like this one. Is the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. There's a lot of mouthfuls as titles mm. here. And it is the most English animation you will ever see. Idris Elba does one of the voices. Okay. He plays the fox. But it's this boy wandering around with various animals. And the plot makes no fucking sense. Okay. <laughs> um, and it has so many Englishisms that you'll just be like, I feel repressed just being in this theater. Uh <laughs> At one point, the boy climbs on a branch to try and get a look to see where the town is because he's lost. He's trying to get home. Okay. So he climbs on a branch, and the mole that's walking with him is underneath the branch. So there's snow on the branch. Snow falls, hits the mole. And the mole says, oh, terribly sorry. I was, that was my fault. And it's like, that's the most English thing I, I think I may mm. have ever heard, followed only by the same mole saying later on, I can't really say I love you, but I do, I can say I'm glad you're here. That's so, the no, most British so no, when I say I'm glad you're here, that I'm really saying I love you. And it's like, this is the most British fucking bullshit Jesus I've Christ. ever fucking heard. Yeah. Um, but the coup de grace is you get through like two thirds of the story of yeah. them wandering through the woods, and they are just like, they, they get to the point where they think the town is, and the town's not there. And the boy's mm. like, oh, what am I going to do? And the horse is like, I have a secret. And it's like, okay. And you're thinking, like, this is a horse he found in the middle of the woods. This is just, like, Mm -hmm. he has an owner. He's going to get a cart. He's going to figure out a way to get the boy home. No. The horse is a pegasus. (laughs) The secret was that the horse has wings, and it
0: hides it because the other horses get jealous.
1: That's so fucking weird. It was not a good movie. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. (laughs) It
0: was not a good movie. That doesn't sound good. It
1: wanted to be... A. a milne it wanted to be c.s lewis it wanted to be uh tolkien it was none of these things and
0: and the was, oscar panel was probably thinking exactly what yeah. the it was those things and that's why it has got nominated yeah exactly
1: and it's just like nah this is this this Man, fucking bites fuck i'm up. gonna be honest with you looking back on it the animation itself is really pretty mm-hmm. the story bites ass it's mm-hmm. fucking terrible compared to some of the other stories we had
0: so that's what I've been well, watching. Sounds
2: like a lot of fun. <laughs> that sounds like a lot
0: of fun. Yeah, um, we have been watching a lot of TV. Oh my God, so much TV. And we have, man. Next week, I'm glad we're down to one episode of, of each, each because Mandalorian comes out Wednesday. We're gonna have to talk about that. Oh, fucking... Okay, so we have to talk about episodes four, five, and six of The Last of Us, yes. and then we're talking about the first two episodes of Picard. Yes. Which would you like to start with, sir? Oh boy. Um,
1: let's start with. Last of Us. Okay, because that's we're gonna that's gonna take some time. That's
0: gonna take some time. So episode four is. See, so here's five my Are thing.
1: like a two part episode.
0: They are kind of a two part episode. Yes, and oh, man. I am having PTSD after episode three. Mm-hmm. That I am such a judgy bitch when it comes to the show now because they did such an incredible job that I'm like. I want it at that level, and it's still great. Like, these last three episodes were really good. But man, three was so impactful <laughs> that
1: it's so hard to get over that. I know. Three um, is the one that's going to be nominated for Emmys and everything. Oh, my God. And
0: if it, like if Nick minute, I mean, we could go on and on about three. We already did a couple weeks ago. But All right, so episode four is them trying to get to Montana, and they're going through... Was it Kansas City? Yes, they, they get to Kansas City. Get to City. Kansas City, and they get... And I watched... It's very similar to the scene from the game. Somebody did like a side by side where they're driving in and they get ambushed, Mm -hmm. um, which was kind of cool. Like, they really are doing some shot for shots that are really close. We're going to
1: get to it uh, in episode six, but like, they have taken excruciating detail to the point where the actors are like, this is hard to nail it. That like, we are trying to get it. Exactly like it was in the game. It's close. Exactly.
0: And they're getting extremely close. That's why I get so pissed off when people are like, it's not just like the game. It's like, dude, they're getting close. It's as close than as than anything has
1: ever gotten to the game. There has never been a movie or TV show made based on a game that has gotten this close to the experience of playing exactly. the game.
0: And doing it really well. Exactly. Now, the only thing that bothered me about this episode, and this is unfortunately typecasting, um, so we get to meet this group of freedom fighters who have liberated the city from the oppressive... Liberated. Yeah, liberated, quotation, the city from the oppressive military that were taking over the whole thing. Um, and it's led by Melanie Linsky. Yeah. Who plays Kathleen. And I used to watch Two and a Half Men. And this is Rose. Do you ever watch Two and a Half Men?
1: I don't because I have standards of television. Okay. No,
0: it's not. It wasn't good, but she played a character in that show who has a one night stand with um, Charlie Sheen's character, and then is obsessed with him, mm-hmm. and like will show up in the middle of the night. Sounds right. And she's really funny and really goofy, mm-hmm. and so seeing her now as this serious, like insanely violent leader of this group, you're like. I have such a hard time. See, I
1: loved her in this because she Oh, she is, was great. She is such a versatile actress mm. where she reminds me of Olivia Colman of just like she can nail mm. anything. I didn't even know she was Australian until I saw an interview oh, yeah, her and I was like, oh, well. But like she was in Don't Look Up. She was the wife mm-hmm. in Don't Look Up that Leo uh, cheats on. She has been in comedies with elijah wood she's Mm -hmm. been in dark comedy she's been in dramas and she is so versatile and good and then seeing her here and the darkness she brings of just like she still has that sing song kind of soft voice but there's so much anger yeah it's not like umbrage where it's hiding devilry Mm -hmm. it's like it's this anger and exhaustion
0: especially towards henry yes which is a character we find out later was a snitch for the military when they ran the 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 city and because of him she blames the loss of family members of hers on him because he was a snitch and so pretty much these two episodes is for hunting him yeah And then Ellie and Joel kind of get into the middle of it. Yeah,
1: this is the world that they walk into. Yeah. And so Kathleen sees these two outsiders who end up killing one of her people. Yes. Because he's going to kill Joel, so Ellie has to shoot him. And then Joel kills him Well, a couple of them, because don't they kill... Oh, Joel kills, like, three people. Yeah, Yeah,
0: he kills a a few of them, and then Ellie shoots that one dude. Yeah,
1: so, but... uh, By the end, Kathleen's like, oh, we got to kill them, too. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't know who they are. We can't trust them. They're probably with Henry. We got to kill them, too. And she's like, she's pretty okay with killing just about anybody. She's pretty okay with it. And um, so the episode four is really just uh, getting to know Kathleen. And her right-hand man, who was played by the guy that did the voice of Tommy in the games, I found out. Oh, nice. Yeah, he has a big beard. He's awesome. He was great, too. He was really good. He was really good. I was really impressed with him as well. Because you see him start to question her, but then fall back in line. Yeah, because they go into the basement. Mm -hmm. And we find out a little bit more about this in Episode 5. There's a big crater in the basement, and it's moving and it's a little concerning and this guy is like ah do you want to do anything about this and kathleen's like no i want to kill henry and he's like are you sure you don't want to do anything about this and she's like no i want to kill henry and so they go to kill henry
0: and it's like you you get that and that's what i love is they didn't give you the payoff in this episode of what it was yeah but you know they're terrified because they know what it is (laughs) you know it's bad oh do we get the payoff in episode five yeah so
1: so episode four is just like them joel and ellie kind of skirting around trying to avoid this yep. gang of marauders and kind of getting to know what happened in this area and joel and ellie kind of dealing with how ellie has a weapon and joel is okay with it he teaches her how to use it to make mm-hmm. sure that she knows and like all these other things gives her tips and at the same time ellie also is dealing with you know having to actually shoot a guy yeah which is a Still new feeling. It's not a new feeling, but is a still new feeling. Mm-hmm. It has been ongoing at this point. They go. They hide out in a big office tower. They climb as many stairs as they can. And uh, wouldn't you happen to know it, Henry and his little brother, Sam, also can only climb that many stairs. Yep. <laughs> and so they all end up on the same floor. And after Joel and Ellie go to bed, Sam and Henry jump them.
0: And, and that's how the episode ends, Yes, is them pointing guns at Joel and Ellie. And then rolling into episode five, we get a little backstory more of Henry and his brother. Yeah. And you hear a little bit more about, like, this is where we really get the the meat of why Kathleen wants to kill him. Yeah. And you get a little bit more of an understanding of her focus, even though it is deranged. Yeah. A little bit better focus on yeah.
1: that. Yeah. So you, you find out that Henry's brother Sam is deaf, mm. and which was a differentiation from the game. And there's a really great interview. If you're watching this, absolutely watch to the end mm. and watch the, the after show. Oh, I love their aftershow. It's, it's so, so good. good and it's so informative. And so you you hear hear Neil Druckmann talking about when he was pitched this idea of making Henry's brother deaf. And he was like, I'm so angry I didn't think of that for the game. Because that would have been amazing. Yeah. And it is. Because it just increases the relationship that they have with each other mm-hmm. exponentially to this point where Sam is fully dependent not just because he's a child but because he's deaf and he can't communicate with most people so he's fully dependent on henry and the actor that they got let me make sure i get this right
0: but and then it also makes sense with when we get to the end where so henry during the the show gets a bit Mm -hmm. and ellie rubs her blood in his hoping to cure him but that's what the being, him being deaf adds to that tension, where she wakes up mm-hmm. and he's sitting at the edge of the bed and he has turned, but he can't hear her, mm-hmm. and so he's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And if he wasn't deaf, that would be that would have been different. Yeah. And that adding that level made it so much more impactful.
1: Well, and you get this level of the conversation that he has with Ellie. Mm. Uh, where it's all written out on this one of those eraser sketch pads from the 80s and um he just he when sam says what happens to you when you become a monster Mm -hmm. are you still you inside it's just like that's still a question that haunts me every time i watch the show yeah but what does happen when you become a monster no that's true so the episode five goes we find out that henry is being hidden by some people um and he and Sam are kind of ducking around. Apparently, this only just happened when Joel and Ellie rolled in. Yes. Like, they only just liberated the town a few days ago. Yeah, um, Which, if you were to critique anything, I would say, I got more of a sense that they had been here for a while. This wasn't something that just happened a few days ago. It just seemed like they
0: had an infrastructure like built. Yeah.
1: And so, but in episode five, it's really implied that it's only been like five or six days mm. since the liberation happened. Or at least five or six days since Henry had to go on the run, mm. which would have only happened when the liberation finished so but the reason henry's on the run is because not only is sam deaf sam also has leukemia Mm -hmm. and so the military are the only people that can get him any kind of drugs that could help with this which are going to be few and far between in the current society yeah and so he hands over the leader of the resistance who happens to be kathleen's brother yes and so kathleen is now saying why is your brother more important than my brother why are you able to give up my brother to save yours?" And that's where this war is really hinged. And so the, the episode is really just cat and mouse between the two yeah. sides. Of and this.
0: I did misspeak. I said Henry was bit. It was Sam who was bit. Mm-hmm. Not Henry. Yeah. Um,
1: Sam, who was played by Kevon
0: Woodard. He, he did a great He's job. He's a great job. Such a great job. Such a great job. Because these child actors that have to that have either vision impairment or hearing impairment that have to act more with facial features mm-hmm. and what is just incredible. He's so good too. Yeah, he really is.
1: They so they're sneaking out. They have this plan to sneak out of the city. Mm. To do it, they have to go underground. The issue with going underground is that I think they say like five years ago, uh, the military forced all of the infected underground and sealed off the area so that they couldn't get out. And. So they have to go through these tunnels now that are supposed to be full of infected. And Henry's like, they're not full of infected. Don't worry. And they're not. (laughs) They go down. Everything seems fine. We get to a school that was underground after Mm. the infection started. But before everything happened, we hear that some people just went underground to try and avoid everything. So you find a school and, you know, Ellie and Sam are playing and you have a lot of really sweet moments Mm. between the two of them. And... You're like, what happened to all the people that were in the school? We're all warned out. Because uh, they come up off ground. They get pinned down by a sniper. Joel goes and takes care of said sniper. Mm-hmm. But while he's up there, Kathleen and the others show have, up like a gallery. Yep. And uh, so they have everybody pinned back. And then, wouldn't you know it, the funniest thing thing happens. A hole opens up underneath the house. Yeah, a sinkhole opens and all of those infected oh come God. pouring out. And so you have everything from babies that are clickers, which I don't even know how that works. That was so cool. Where like it's a it, it's a ten year old that must have been born infected because she's a full on clicker at ten. Right. And you have I think they're called bulbers or blubbers. That or, big yeah the which, tank.
0: That thing is practical effect yeah which was awesome it's a guy in a suit and it looked so freaking yeah. Yeah. good yeah like the makeup effects in the show are fantastic bloater bloaters thank yes. you yeah
1: but oh my god that was such a great visual effect it was fantastic of just like because it's just you you have an entire army's worth of people pouring ammunition yeah. into this hole and it's not enough no not it's even. it's just blows. not enough and once the bloater comes it's all over yeah and so things get real bad real fast And, uh, that, this is when Sam is bit while Sam and Henry are pinned back under a car. Mm. Uh, Kathleen is killed by the, the child clicker. There's a great scene of the child clicker hunting Ellie in the car.
0: That was awesome. Uh, And Joel's trying to
1: help her with the sniper. Oh, it's a great scene. It was so good. It's a very good scene. So they get out and they get out of town. Finally, they avoid all of this madness Mm. and you're like, well, Kansas city has gone. Um, as is often the case with these types of stories, the heroes, as they go along, mm. destroy everything that they come in contact with. Very much, um, and this goes all the way through to Sam and Henry because Sam has been bitten, and he and Ellie have that great scene. And then when she wakes up the next morning, he's infected, and Henry shoots him, thinking that he needs to save Ellie, even though Ellie isn't immune, and then cannot live with himself for even a full it minute. Shoots himself.
0: Yeah that was such a powerful
1: and so the scene the show the episode ends with them burying the two yeah. of them and ellie writing i'm sorry on sam's little ledger and, and leaving it on it yeah it was so it's really good <laughs> it, it is really this good, show's really good. <laughs> the, the <laughs> only
0: thing i would give a, the only thing that i wasn't too in love with is the way they had the infected coming out of that hole just the wave constant wave of them It is very hard to believe that they would have made it out of their life Mm -hmm. with only one of them being bit.
1: Yeah, apparently the the infected all went towards the town, and so Ellie and Joel went away from the town. This is the explanation that we kind of see. We're not even given. We kind of see the the infected only go in one direction, and it's towards the the town. So it's like, okay, it's very lucky that nobody peeled off and followed these other four people. Yeah.
0: But it, I don't know that that was the only part because it's like nitpicky stuff like it that. was yeah it's a little like it's, it's totally nitpicky yeah. like that's not if anything this was like keeping me from loving it
1: if this was another thing on top of the piles Marvel style mm. of like and there's this and there's this and there's this and they didn't even have infected run after them mm. when there should have why didn't any infected run west and why they all go east mm. you know so like but it's here it's just like yeah they they all ran west and there's more people that way it's fine.
2: Mm. Mm,
1: they smell
0: stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I'm willing to give it to them. But so now we're on to episode six. Yes. So episode six actually begins with Henry shooting himself. Yes. We
1: get to see that again. Yeah, we get to see it. Well, see,
0: Woo! they cut away from it, but yeah. like. It, you you get to see it, yeah, and you get a little bit of the like shock and awe, a little more of the shock and awe from Joel and Ellie of mm-hmm. witnessing that.
2: Yeah,
1: well, it was it was yeah. shocking. It was shocking. Yeah. Then you cut to what three months later. Three months later, and, and they've
0: they walked were, to Wyoming, and they're they go into a little country store with oh, what the that hell? Is was that was weird. That was really weird, especially that was because so weird. You have such a big name actor, and this is driving me nuts oh, that I can but, Graham Greene, yeah, who. It plays, like, the shop owner and his wife, and, and he's in it for, like, three like yeah. minutes, and it's a weird it scene. It was a bizarre
1: scene. It was really weird. I do want to say, before we move on, Jeffrey Pierce is the guy that played Perry, who's the right-hand man of uh, uh, Kathleen. Kathleen, okay. Uh, he also played Tommy. The gotcha. Um, but, yeah, that was a weird fucking scene because, yeah. like, so I saw the coming attractions, hmm. and I, I know what this episode's going to be about. And then it starts with this protracted scene of them in this house. Yeah. And he's, there's like all this subterfuge of he tells the man like, you better tell me where we are honestly and you better tell me what your wife said. Mm-hmm. And he points to where they are on a map and it's just like a five minute scene of like, I don't really know what the I got to be honest, and I'm going to
0: say this right off the bat. This was my least favorite episode mm-hmm. out of the whole season so far. Yeah. Just because the beginning was weird. The ending was kind of weird. The it had some. It had some good little...
1: points in it that I really liked, but I would agree with you. Of the episode so far, it's the weakest. Which isn't to say
0: it's a bad episode. Yeah, no, no, it's just to say that it's not a nine-star episode. No, it has a couple weird scenes, and then it has a lot of important filler info, and you also get one storyline kind of tied up you know mm-hmm. the whole looking for his brother thing yeah that's
1: all taken care joel of and ellie
0: now. end up getting to a town that we find out that um tommy is at the town yeah
1: well we were told by the the man that joel and ellie need to go across a river yes and that if they go across this river they'll die they'll die and every time they go across that river they find dead bodies some are infected. Some are just regular people. Yeah. And so Ellie is like, oh, where's but the they river of death? they cross a couple rivers, They cross right? a couple rivers yeah. and then they get grabbed by this gang. Yes. And they have a dog that smells out infection and so there's this tense moment of like, oh, is it going to sense Ellie? No. They drew
0: that at moment out a little too long. A little long. A little too long.
1: Um, and a few too many shots to, to Pedro Pascal's yeah. eyes of like, oh, yeah, what's going to happen? Um, yeah. But we're, we're brought into town and Tommy's here. Tommy isn't in danger. Tommy's just here. He's just chilling. He's been here. And his wife has basically told him that he can't talk to anybody, including Joel, because they have a little utopia, a little communist utopia that they've built. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't want anybody finding out. So he can't talk to Joel. And so Joel thinks Tommy's in trouble because he stopped talking to him
2: mm-hmm. and
1: no, Tommy's fine. He just got kind of into the situation where he wasn't allowed to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came all this way for nothing. <laughs> yeah. And Joel
0: finds out he's married. Yes. They just like completely caught him off guard because Maria is, that's Maria, right? Is the yeah, wife, I believe. I think so, yeah. She's super suspicious.
1: Yeah, she's a little, I, every time I was watching the scenes, I was
0: like, okay, but what's really happening? Yeah. This uh, This is what you're telling me is happening, but I don't
1: buy it. Something else is going on here.
0: And i that's what I thought until I looked up on IMDB and saw she was in one episode. And I was like. Well, there's no yeah. added to the storyline. And I though. guess
1: it's not. I guess this is just what's actually happening. Um, and, you know, it's it's a nice little town. They have a movie yeah. theater. Everything seems to be going well. And for once, as Joel and Ellie pass through, they don't bring horrors and mm-hmm. terribleness. Uh, we're told that the town just puts dead bodies out because it's good to have a reputation. Mm-hmm. And like all these things, I'm just like okay. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't buy it. I've been trying not to buy it, but I guess that's actually what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, You do get some interesting things. It was it was funny. I had seen a video on YouTube a few days ago that was like uh, unrealistic things in apocalypse movies, and one of them was talking about women and having menstruation equipment Mm -hmm. and uh, how that never comes up in these types of movies uh came up here <laughs> we addressed it. ellie finds a box <laughs> ellie is given a diva
0: cup so yeah. there you go yeah answer resolve and it was what it was episode four or five that she found a box of tampons yeah yeah which that was another one it's yeah. like wow you're really you're really you're, <laughs> you're really <laughs> you're addressing it, it.
1: Yeah. um <laughs> no so i i like that yeah she has a long conversation with maria where she learns about sarah and you know it's everything you're just sitting there like i don't believe it i think something's going on but otherwise you guys seem really chill yeah so like except for the fact that i don't trust any of you you seem chill i just don't trust any of
0: you and so and this was the first episode that had i know you're going to run into i i, I would like to use the term the simpsons did it mm-hmm. but this would be the walking dead did it and this is i can't remember what season it was where they came across a town exactly like this mm-hmm. that it was blocked off and it had the same kind of thing and it was like man a lot of the beats yeah. were very on point with that. I do like how they were able to integrate the hydroelectric plant that they came yeah. across at that one point. And I did like where Ellie said, damn. And he's like, yeah, very funny. I,
1: I love I love that he's explaining it. And he's like, don't ask me. I don't know how it works. Yep,
0: yeah. I love that too. That is so good. But it's like, because you would, and this is what I do appreciate above the show, above something like The Walking Dead is, you would assume that somebody would have the wherewithal with the intelligence. You know, it's not like we're mentally going back to the Stone Age, even though we're physically at some point going back to it. You should be able to get some of these things up and running again. Like, yeah. what's-his-face-did with the gas in episode three, yeah. and how they're doing with a like It's like, that makes more sense. Yeah, You're going to be able to get it working.
1: Yeah. Well, that so. was one of my favorite moments in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, mm. is when the humans are one of their projects is to get the dam working again oh, yeah. so that they can have power in the city. And great movie. it's, Oh God, I
2: fucking love all the Age movies. Are so great. I
1: love them. It there's the first one is the weakest and it's not bad and it just gets better from there. And it's Andy Serkis at his best. Oh my fucking God. I love yeah,
0: this. It's so great. It's anyway, so great.
1: we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> Tangent. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I did like this episode yeah. in, in a general kind of way. I, I you know, Again, not amazing. Not going to knock your socks off. But, you know, it's fine enough. So, Joel confides in Tommy. I'm old. My heart's going. I can't hear as well. I'm slow. Mm. I'm going to get this kid fucking killed. And Tommy's like, well, I'm going to have a kid, so I can't take her. And Joel's like, I'm going to get this kid killed, and she could save everybody, Tommy. And so Including Tommy, your son, and he yeah. says that. That's the big one. And so Tommy decides, yes, I will take her. And then Ellie's like, the fuck you will. And uh, has this was the scene that was apparently like shot for shot exactly like the game mm. is Ellie and Joel's confrontation. Because apparently Bella Ramsey, who plays Ellie, lost sleep trying to get it right. Really? Because she was so nervous about getting it right. Whoa. And Pedro Pascal also talked about how it was just a really tough assignment to mm. get it this right. And... They're putting the work, man. They're putting the work. They're putting the time. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's a really good show. So Joel, after this confrontation, says, I'll leave it up to Ellie. And Ellie says, well, then you're coming.
0: See, and that's the only... Like when I said the ending had parts, and I understand that you want to make it like the game, but it seems like they wasted a lot of time on the whole Tommy you take or Tommy you take or blah, 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 to have it all resolved. I get up to Ellie. You're going to take me. Okay. Yeah. Like that was a little... Maybe you didn't need to put it in exactly like yeah. that. Like, you could have tweaked it a little. But it just seemed like a lot of buildup for such a yeah. tail.
1: That's the problem with this whole episode. Yeah. Is that you keep on expecting something else to happen, but nothing else happens. Yeah. And so you're like, so there's not going to be a surprise attack. We're not going to find out that Maria is a cannibal. Mm. Uh, is anything going to happen in this yeah. episode? And, like,
0: I don't even need action, per se. Yeah. I just need... Some direction. So a yeah. little better direction with some yeah. of these characters.
1: That's actually a really good point because it, the the entire episode is just Joel doesn't want to take Ellie and Ellie wants Joel to take her. And you're right. The conflict is yeah. immediately resolved.
0: Yeah. Super quick. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, the show's going to end. Uh, okay, I'll take you.
1: So you have this long, long string and you're like, that was a long walk
0: to water. Yeah. No, you're very right. I agree so that you. was my only, you know, and like you said, nitpicky. Yeah. I still give this episode like, this was seven, and like a half. seven, yeah, seven, seven and a half, something like that, which is still yeah, it's still it's still, great. still a B plus, it's yeah. still a great grade. Um, so I, I am very excited to see the next episode.
1: Yeah. So the episode ends with them going to the facility that the fireflies were supposed to be at, mm-hmm. and nobody's home, and it looks like they went to Utah, but we're not really sure. You know, there were supposed to be all these harrowing dangers and problems on the way, and it was fine. It was a quiet yeah. journey, and then they get jumped by a bunch of raiders, and Joel kills one. Uh, and is also stabbed with the back end of a baseball bat. Yep. And, um, like an idiot takes it out. You gotta leave it
2: in. You gotta leave it in. You
1: gotta leave it in. in. You're gonna, if you don't leave it in, you gotta treat it immediately. You Mm -hmm. can't take it out, jump on the horse and ride away, you're gonna die. And that's pretty much what happens as Joel falls off the horse. And Ellie's like, you can't die now. And we're all like, no, but really, this is going to be a problem if he dies now. Yeah. End episode. End episode.
0: (laughs) But it's like, and, and that's where if you do know the game, mm-hmm. you know he's not going to die. Yeah. So it's like, you got. I mean, I, I can understand why they would do this because a lot of people, like me, like I know the game, but I've never played it. Probably a lot of people watching it have never played the game. So you can get away with that because they don't know what Joel's fate is. But if you do know his fate, yeah, it is one of those cheap cliffhangers. Like
1: Well, and especially because the implication. I mean, they might resolve it at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. but the up next episode was all flashback to Ellie's backstory. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like we're necessarily going to get you know, some kind of closure on this next week. Yeah. It might not be for two weeks. And so I, I agree. It's it's a little bit of a weird cop-out because, it, it, I don't know, It's um, I'm trying to decide how I feel about it because all at once you could also make the argument that they know that most people know he won't die so they don't address it right away. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily really a cliffhanger if you don't address it. But then you have the Andy Serkis in Andor, Mm -hmm. which is definitely a cliffhanger that was just never addressed. Yeah, it's never addressed. So, yeah, I don't
0: know. Which, I mean, at least we do know that Joel gets armor and goes to a galaxy far, far away, so he's going to be... He's going to be
1: fine. He's going to be fine. (laughs) And no matter what, he can't avoid being an adoptive dad.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, he's going to be a dad. Something about this episode six, and I don't know if it's because I had looked into a couple things prior... It is the first episode where I looked at Joel and Ellie and I'm like, God damn you both were main characters in Game of Thrones. Like it I just know. it popped in my head for the first time. I was like, fuck, that's weird. But they never met.
1: They those, ne- I know they
0: never met. Those it. two characters never met. I mean,
1: fucking Pedro Pascal's character, I can't remember his name, he never fucking leaves King's Landing. No, he just gets his head crushed he by the crushed, yeah.
0: But it's just seeing the two of them it's like, fuck. Yeah. It's just so weird when you think about it. It's like to have two prominent actors that were in a, such a huge HBO show just a few years later being prominent members in a huge HBO show.
1: God, and like looking back at Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones, he was the best part of that season. Oh, he was he
0: awesome. He was so cool. When he died, I was actually bummed out. Yeah. I was like, you did not need
1: uh, Well, especially point. because you're like, he's going to win. Yeah. Like, I was sitting there like, oh my God, he's going to do it. He's going to win. And then he
0: doesn't. And then know? he absolutely doesn't. You fucking red wedding Mate! <laughs> yeah. You assholes! It absolutely did. And I thought that's exactly what Tyrion Lannister were thinking about, too. Yeah. Off of The Last of Us. On to, on to Picard Season 3. Okay. We're back on track. So, definitely back on track. You I, know what we're not doing? What? Hanging out in the past. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is. And somebody brought up a good point online. This is so much like the course correction from star trek the motion picture to the wrath of khan that the end of the second episode is the wrath of khan uh-huh. so it's like okay now is it a course correction it is 1000 percent of course correction yeah. like it was um you guys heard that we didn't like the past it's oh it's God.
1: almost like and i mean this in the uh, uh, honestly like i don't i'm not knocking the cast of picard season one and two it Has some of my favorite actors in it right you know i love allison pill she's great mm. I really fell in love with uh, Santiago Cabrera, who played uh, Reyes. Yep. He was great. Neither one of these characters are in this season. Um, nope. And instead, it's it's like they, they saw everybody's reaction to season one and how excited everybody was to be back in this universe and have Picard back and be doing this next-gen thing and have that real next-gen feel. And then they were like... So we're going to take these characters and really put the story on their shoulders and get rid of the world that we all love. And that fucking backfired. Yeah. And so now they're like, we're going to
0: fix it by bringing back the entire next gen cast. part of me thinks, though, this was a plan all along. You think so? I think they had planned on the final season having all the cast come Mm -hmm. back. Just because you did have Riker and Troy in the first season. Yeah. And you had the little touches of data here and there that I think it was always a plan mm-hmm. because it like everything is so well paced and makes sense and how they have the character introductions to me it doesn't seem like a rush job no it seems like it's been a plan that's fair yeah and like the first episode is i love how it starts where he's once again you don't hear about the fact that he's synthetic
1: <laughs> until they bring it until up until the second episode yeah.
0: and a part of me was like are they even gonna mention this and then they do mention it you're like okay great. i actually had that moment of like oh yeah he's a robot <laughs> yeah i forgot he's a robot because at one point he's talking about um adrenaline rush yeah. he got and i'm like do androids get adrenaline yeah. rushes but then they bring it okay but so the first episode he's he's at the chateau he's ready to move with his romulan girlfriend, sweetheart wife. girlfriend whatever um they're ready to move out of the, the chateau. She's going to do some big job, and he's just going to write his memoir. Mm-hmm. But then he gets a long-range message from um, Dr. Crusher, who's in a ship. She's getting a, attacked, attacked by. by this unknown force yeah. that we had no idea. Reminded me a lot of um, the remake Star Trek with Eric Bana's character mm-hmm. and that first one. The yeah. ship design, everything kind of yeah. reminded Very me of that. Very pointy ship. Yeah, Very, and also no one knows who this guy is, yeah. and no one knows who who's coming after them. Some grog like grog characters, yeah. are just like grog, 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 gro. But it's like it starts with great action with yeah. Beverly Crusher. She's learning, wasting she those dudes, yeah. and then she shoots that one in the head who's on the ground yeah. and vaporizes them. I was like, holy fuck! Yeah, and I love how when when people are explaining who she is now, and Picard's like, "That's not the Crusher I know," and they're like. It's been 20 years. She's not the crusher you know. She's not the crusher you know. And watching that opening scene where she's killing those aliens, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so she gets shot. Yeah. And before she goes to attack these aliens that have boarded her ship, she locks an unknown male person in this room. You don't get a look at him. You don't know who he is. He's banging on the the window. And you kind of start to get an idea, maybe a son-type character type thing. And she gets shot. And in the message, she passes out right as the message ends. Yeah. So Picard has to find a way to get to her, and she gave coordinates in a code that only certain People. only the next generation cast would know. Yeah. Crew would crew. know, and so Picard seeks out Riker. Yeah. Which is awesome. And he's like, he's in a bar.
1: What does this mean? And he's like, oh, that's from when you had that incident. Yes. locutious, <laughs> and, Locutus.
0: Locutus. and uh, But so- it's funny because when Riker was talking to him, it was almost like when you go to see people at a convention and they're just like, in episode three of uh, season four. Yeah. And that's kind of what Riker was doing. Oh, do you remember this? And he yeah. was telling an episode. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. But that's great because there are people that would be like, I do
1: remember yeah. that.
0: And I do remember that. I, I do remember that remember happening. That.
1: Um, but like, I I fell in love with the season immediately oh, it so because good. it hits all the right beats. Yes. And so Riker and Picard are now on this mission to figure out what's going on with Crusher, and it's Frontier Day! Yay! So, uh, under the auspices of Frontier Day, Picard and Riker are going to go and take control of the Titan, which was Riker's ship. Before he stepped down or whatever. So they go, and Seven of Nine is the commanding officer. The first officer. The first
0: officer uh, on the ship. To Captain Shaw.
1: Who has some interesting arguments, which is to say, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Because basically, Shaw finds out Picard and Riker are on the ship, and he's like, what for? And they have dinner, and he's like, I'm not going to wait for you to eat. And it's like, this is not how you treat an yeah. admiral. And then he's like, so what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, you know, it's a surprise inspection. We want to run out your engines, and make sure that everything's great for Frontier Day. We want to go to the edge of the space and we're going to come back. And he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. No. And they're like, uh, admiral, former captain. And
0: he's like, uh,
1: retired.
0: And I'm like, I don't think that's how this works. But I love that that's... No, I, and they make him out to be an asshole. Yeah. But they make him out to be an asshole who has some good points. And he knows the rules. He knows the rules, and he has some really good points. Yeah. Because look when he's like, I'm not going to risk the life of my crew yeah. on this. And it's like,
2: yeah, that yeah.
1: makes sense. He also, basically the, the, the voiceover artist for the trailer, because he gets to say things like, we're not going to crash land, yes. we're not going to take fire, we're not going to do this... We're not going to go out into the neutral zone. We're not going to do this. We're not going to go val- gallivanting around the universe. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to, ah, this is our course. Thank you for the menu. Ah, let's go down the list here. What do I have? Because we're going to do all these things. Yes, yeah.
0: And I do love the little subtle bigotry he has towards Seven of yeah. Nine. Where he makes her use her, her like, human name. Human name And always has little jabs at her. Yeah. And
1: it was like, that's an awesome dynamic. He pretty much uses Borg as a slur at one point. Yeah.
2: He really (laughs) does.
0: (laughs) And it was like, that's so cool. It's such a cool idea to have an asshole, but an asshole that you can actually side with at some
1: point. Well, and I love the... This is... I love things... This is what you get out of Mm -hmm. having Patrick Stewart on the show. Is he basically says to Seven, you're Mm -hmm. dismissed, Borg. And uh Picard is like he's gonna throw hands, yeah. And Riker has to be like, oh. And it's for like multiple reasons because not only is he friends with Seven, he was also a Borg. Yeah, he was a Borg. And he too. knows the Borg really, really well, and he has a very comfortable relationship yeah. with them that another commander in Starfleet probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Although you do have to start asking questions about the time dilation from season two to season three, and. The board came back as allies and they spent some time as
0: allies and time now. As- I think this whole season was like, season two never happened. Yeah. That's pretty much the only connection you get to season two so far is at one point um, Rafi, who's on a separate mission with Starfleet Intelligence, says, my girlfriend left me, which I- was seven of nine at yeah. the end of season two.
1: We got to talk about Rafi because this is the one character who is only from Picard. Yes. She hasn't shown up in anything yes. else. And she's the only character that's still in Picard. And I really wish she wouldn't be. Yeah. Because I really hate Rafi. And her character arc is exactly the same as it was in season one, and exactly
0: as it was in season two. Only positive I give this arc. There's no positives! It is... No, there is positive. It is, it is a weak storyline. Mm-hmm. Big positive, they pretty much closed it in two episodes. Yeah. Which is good. You get to see the weapon that she's hunting after work, which was an awesome scene. It opened a portal Mm -hmm. underneath the recruitment recruitment center for Starfleet and then opens another portal over the city and drops it on the... That was great. That was fucking awesome. That was cool. But in episode two, you get the most badass warfare introduction (laughs) where he literally cuts off dudes' heads and impales them with his blade. That was so awesome. I'm like, that was worth... All of the bullshit it comes or, in, or, or, in full on John Wick's his way through. Holy a, shit! And then you realize scene. because in, in the first season, in the first episode, and part of the second one, she, her handler you never see. You, she only contacts them through the computer, so you don't hear even hear a voice. You don't know who it is. She doesn't know who it is, and you find out it's Worth. Yeah, and you're like, okay, this is going to be. But interesting. here's the
1: thing. Here's my thing. I <laughs> I don't like Rafi I or, know you don't for a like number Rafi. of reasons. There's another character. The, the Romulan warrior who was raised by nuns. Yes. Why can't this be his storyline? Why can't he be the one working with Worf? Wasn't he dead at the end of season no. two? No. The whole point of season two is that they come back to make sure that he's still alive. Oh,
0: that's right. Okay. And
1: dead so, so,
2: long so he is two.
1: definitely still alive. He's still in the universe. He's a pacifist. So then you have the conflict between Worf and him. And the idea of pacifism and how to deal with things and situations. You could have him be a little fallen Mm -hmm. after what happened with going to the past and everything. Mm -hmm. Or not going to the past. Dying. Maybe he remembers dying. Who knows? You could do interesting things with it. I'm just so fucking sick of Rafi. Because it's always the same thing. Mm -hmm. Do you love your family? Or do you love drugs slash Starfleet? I'm so infinitely sick of Mm -hmm. this storyline. Last year it wasn't even "Do you love your family or do you love drugs and Starfleet?" It was "Do you love drugs
0: or do you love Starfleet?"
1: And I was just like, "I'm I'm so fucking sick of this!" Yeah, no,
0: I it, and I, like I said, I, I'm happy that it played such a small part in the two episodes, and I'm I'm kind of curious on where it goes. Yeah, because you're assuming gonna be they're the going to meet season. up. She's going to be in the whole season. worf has got to be reunited, so they're going to yeah. meet up somewhere with Picard and and um, the rest of the crew. So you're kind of like, okay, so where, and, and so that's why I'm withholding judgment for now. I do admit there was, other than those couple really awesome scenes, definitely the weakest part of the first two episodes. Yeah. But I am curious to see where it goes.
1: And I'll give credit, the story around Rafi is good. Yes. Like the the idea of having this Ferengi gangster.
0: And he was Awesome. that was really cool that was really that cool. was
1: really cool and he makes her take the drugs that she brought as bribes and she's like i work for this guy and he's like
0: uh, sure you do. <laughs> he takes his head out <laughs> that was so awesome <laughs> this, guy? <laughs> this guy that was the best and it's just like see like that's the thing is as much as we don't like her that scene was awesome mm-hmm. and then ending with wharf and so it's like a couple of the scenes she's in were great. The, the world that
1: she inhabits is great. I wish it was an entirely different character. Yes. An entirely different character. I just don't see why we don't have... You know, like I said, you have... Elnor.
0: Elnor, yes. Elnor. But so, I'm I, I'm wondering the only reason why they didn't have him is because... Kind of the, the her and... Seven of Nine's storyline is them reintegrating into Starfleet, which he never was a member of Starfleet. He was. He was a member at the beginning of season two, and then he But dies. wasn't he a cadet? Yeah. But he wasn't like a full-fledged member no, of Starfleet. No, he, he had joined the Academy. Yeah. He was in the so, Academy. So, like, I could, I could see it would be a leap from him being a cadet to being in Starfleet Intelligence. Mm-hmm. Where her, who has like a CD background where she can maybe fit in in some of these worlds is put into that yeah. you know what i mean that's the only thing i can understand I'll the writing i'll grant
1: you that. that it makes sense from that perspective yeah. yes absolutely
0: and i love the frankie when she does shoot up and he's like wow you must be a real junkie back in the day for <laughs> you're really fighting this and that was an awesome line because it's like yeah She was a real junkie, and you could see her fighting it, and he's like, wow, I'm
1: impressed. That's so awesome. No, like, if anything, I just hope her character gets better. It's it's not even like the actress. It's just the writing for the character is so frustrating. It's so cyclical, and I get it. She's a drug user. (laughs) Their lives are cyclical. That's the point. But, like, as an audience member, I'm kind of fucking over this. Yeah, they
0: did it three times. Having two different
1: scenes of her at a bar begging people for information and then one of them being her ex-husband and her ex-husband being like i can give you the information you want or i can tell your son that you love him which do you dumb. want that was done and i'm just like i i'm so fucking over this man I'm, that, I'm was totally the, over that was that was the only
0: time in the two episodes where i was like that's nah, fucking stupid yeah when he said that it's yeah. like dude 190 people or 80 people died yeah and that's what she's trying to solve but he's like do you yeah. love your son do you love your son your grown adult son. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's talking about a 10-year-old. He's yeah. talking about an adult male. Your adult son who has a child of his own. Who blew you off and told you to go fuck his Yeah. It's like... Like, yeah, I think your done. son
1: is pretty set, and yeah. I think you need to move
0: on. Yeah. You fucked that part of your life up. Find a new part of your life and make it better. So I'm curious to see what they do with her. Yeah. But then, episode two... Yeah, back in space. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can I say... I hope they don't fuck this up. Because Amanda Plummer absolutely nailed it as oh the bad God, guy, Honey Bunny it. in space. Holy shit! Because she doesn't do an over the top like. No, it was it was actually it's and I, I bring it back to Khan. It was a very Ricardo Montalban type of, you know, when he talked and he said it. You know, he didn't really go too loud, and you know, he was very. And that's how she. Yeah, she was smoking. And just peace, and you have no fucking idea who she is. No one has any fucking idea who she is.
1: And like, she's running the conversation. Yeah. When she's talking to Shaw and Picard and Riker, she's the one running the conversation. And how
0: badass is that line? I'm going to drop my shields. You scan us. Yeah. It's like when the guys are reading off the weaponry, you're like, holy fuck. This is going to go bad." But for her to have the balls to say, I'm going to drop my shields. Yeah. You can fire on us. fucking.
1: You're right next to us. It's point blank.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the, what she do. said, if you try to run, the last thing you'll see is the figurative hole in your back. You're mm-hmm. like, that is such an awesome one. Uh, but she is so good. And she has the scars on her face. And you're like, I hope we find she, out where she got these scars. She has a creepy
1: laugh. That's oh not like God. an evil laugh, but it is a creepy
0: laugh. Yeah. Like
1: everything about her is just like really sinister. And with her hair matted down yeah. and everything. it was <laughs> like,
0: dude, that is a, awesome. Because you could say in. I'm trying to think back to the first season. In reality, the first two seasons, weak as far as villains. Yeah. She yeah. could be the exception.
1: She could definitely be the exception. Because if they don't fuck it up. And after last season where the villain was basically Data's granddad. Yeah. And like the, the anonymous need to make sure that... Picard's grandmother gets on the ship. Mm. I was just like, "This is so." I'm so fucking done with this. Yeah, I'm so. No amount of guinan can save this, guys. Here's that interrogation only... episode. I'm still
0: mad about the interrogation episode. Yeah, I know. I I'm know. still mad I know, about you're that. You're so still about that. My only concern, and I had this concern, mm-hmm. and it would make sense because, like I said, as of right now, it seems like they're completely forgetting last season ever happened. But, the end of last season happened where Data's great-great-grandfather, great-great-great-great-grandfather, we're going to call it, pulls out the file Mm -hmm. for the genetic creation of Khan Mm -hmm. and his people. I'm wondering if she is, Amanda Plummer's character, Uh is one of those creations. Uh And that's why she has something up her butt. Yeah. Because it would... I'm trying to think, like, either they truly blow off last season 100% and that little cliffhanger means fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, so he created kind. Or, that's the one thing that they're going to bring over, is that he, she is a fucking one of his creations. Yeah. Because she is humanoid, at least. We mm-hmm. don't know what species, if she is human. Yeah. But, I'm kind of curious about that.
1: Yeah. No, I was really impressed. Yeah. And, we haven't even gotten to the meat of the matter, which is at the end of episode one... We meet Jack. Jack. And Jack is an asshole. With a British accent. (laughs) And Jack is Wesley Crusher's brother. Yes. And Jack is also very likely Jean-Luc Picard's son. And... Everybody is asking John Luke to do the math, and John Luke is like, "I would very much rather
0: not." Well, the one that does it, and I lo- like the elevator scene in episode two with Riker. Do you not see what I am seeing? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta tell me. And you're Picard seeing it. keeps changing the subject. He's like, "No," and I love tell that. Me honestly, that it's, you don't see it. Yeah. Instead of just coming out and saying it, Riker's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I love so far. The interactions between Riker and Picard are fucking fantastic. The only thing that makes me mad... What? The, the only
1: thing that makes me mad is that we see a chair and we see Riker... Get in the chair, he
0: doesn't sit but the
1: back <laughs> is too tall for him to step over, so he has to sit in it like a normal man. You do not make Will Riker sit like
0: a normal man. He also, he's also in his sixties now. And I don't and think he talks he
1: about can. how his knees are <laughs> braided
0: Like, geez, yeah. I don't care. The man should step over his I chair. Know, I know. It's your one thing. But he is. You can tell Jonathan Frakes was like, I, I will probably never act again after this. Mm-hmm. And he is hes fucking killing it every second he's of it. He's killing it! He's chewing every scene, and it's beautiful. Because yeah. I've always... There was a part of me, and I got yelled at years ago for this. I actually... Because Riker and Kirk, very similar characters. I actually liked Riker a little more. And I know that's blasphemy in the Star Trek universe, but Riker was, like, back in those old episodes, was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I just loved Riker. The problem is that
1: my my favorite characters are buried in a sea of yellow shirts. Because my favorite character is uh, Commander Barkley. <laughs> uh... My absolute favorite character is Commander Barkley. And then my second favorite character on the regular crew, my favorite character is is LaForge or Data. It changes depending on the day. Um, and then you get like Riker and Picard are mm-hmm. down that line. I Kirk, I don't love Kirk as a character, I'm going to be fully honest with you. He's not my favorite.
0: No, he's... He's, he's, he's I a throwback to like old Westerns.
1: I agree with you. If he had, he has Spock to kind of like temper that. Yes. But the fact that he outranks Spock kind of negates some of that tempering. Mm-hmm. Whereas Riker has someone above him that tempers that kind of edge.
0: Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I love William Shatner. Mm-hmm. I do love Captain Kirk and I love his portrayal of Captain Kirk. Not so much Chris Pine. It's mm-hmm. fine favorite Kirk is the one that was
1: in Strange in New, Strange Worlds. New World. He was really good. He was so good because
0: <laughs> he was still you know smirky and suave but you're like this guy has the intelligence to be a captain. It was
1: confidence not boring. Exactly.
0: I mean, exactly. It, it was like this guy it's not just that he's
1: confident. Yeah. He's not confident like some jock frat boy is confident. Exactly. He's confident in the sense that he fucking knows he's got this. Yeah. At the same time it's not off-putting. It's like, oh, he's fucking got this. Yeah. Like I,
0: I know we only just met him, but I think we gotta listen to him. And like one of the things that I always took against the Kirk character, but I appreciated with the Picard character, because if you remember in the Next Generation series, Picard was always said to be a great shuttle pilot, Mm -hmm. a great pilot in general, but mainly shuttlecrafts. Like really great at it. You never really hear anything about Kirk, like what he's great at. Mm -hmm. He's just great at being confident. And you're like... He's great at the He Kobayashi knows Maru. things in the starship. Yeah, but he cheats to get into...
2: <laughs> he knows how to great. bang aliens. He
0: knows, like, tactics. Uh-huh. But I I do like hearing the, the proficiency in the Kirk in Strange New Worlds where he reprograms all those ships yeah. to follow him. And it's like, that's, that shows that he knows... He knows how to do this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we were talking about our work today. Like... When you're managing something, it's best if you know how to do everything so that when you tell somebody to do something, they know you know what you're talking about. And it's like when you see these characters and it shows their knowledge in certain things, you're like, okay, I can understand why people follow him to the yeah. end of the earth. It's not just that his confidence level so high and it's not that he's good at tactics, but he knows certain things. Yeah, and getting
1: back on topic a little bit, we get that out of Jack Crusher. Yes. Of this is, Kelly put it best while we were watching it. This is a medic rogue. <laughs> yes. This is a medic thief who spends just as much time being a thief as he does healing he, people. He's like
0: a mix between a medic and Han Solo.
1: Yeah, he like he is. The, the, the long term goal of all of this is to help people. Yes. But he is going to do some shady ass shit to do that. And he really doesn't care about regulations at all because he just sees it as bureaucratic red tape getting in his way. Yeah. And so if he wants to go help a group of. Refugees trying to fight off an invading army.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he'll sell some shit on the side and and you know, smudge some numbers. And, then... and I do
0: love one of my favorite things that are connected in all the movies and shows is Romulan ale. So when they show that he's smuggling Romulan ale, I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. Yeah, no,
1: like he that that was a great scene when he's getting inspected. Yes, and he's the guy's like, ah, oh, what about this? And he's like, well, if I really wanted to bribe you, I would have shown you this. And he gives him the weapons. <laughs> and it's like, ah. I like this guy. Um, So Jack is just a pain in the ass for everybody. Yes. And Beverly is still incapacitated.
0: Yeah, she's in like a cryo tube. Yeah,
1: so she can't really do anything Mm -hmm. or vouch for Jack. And meanwhile, Honey Bunny is over here and her one demand is Jack Crusher. Yeah. And we kind of know why, but we're also not really sure why. It might have something to do with some scam that he pulled on her, but it seems like it's a bigger deal than that. You wouldn't blow up a Federation ship yeah. just to get a guy who scammed you. It seems like this is a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether Jack is in any way related to that uh, teleporter that destroyed mm. the the Academy, could be.
0: But then they, they kind of play her off as like a Boba Fett, like she's a yeah. bounty hunter. She's a bounty hunter. And he's wanted in all these systems. Yeah. For Can I say how unbelievably badass it is when her ship... Uses the tractor beam to throw, throw a starship. Ship. At I was like, "That is the coolest thing I've ever Even seen." Even cards like, "What just happened?" Yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody threw a ship, ship at us. At us. Was
1: so great! I, I love that Shaw's like, "But how did it break our shields?" And Jordy's daughter Sydney is just like, "Well,
0: <laughs> funny story." The physics thing, and he's like, "Oh, Jesus." Yeah.
1: No, I love that she's Dor- Jordy's daughter. Yeah. And I love that her nickname is Crash. I love that whole interaction. And as Riker's singing he's all excited,
0: Vicar's yeah. like, shut
1: up. Yeah. Well, I, up. I love that they come on and she's just smiling at them like she knows them. And they're like, I don't fucking know who this person is. And then they find out that it's Jordy's daughter, and they're like, Oh yeah, I do remember little Sydney. Yeah. And then Riker's like, yeah, didn't wasn't your name Crash? He's like, yeah, not really. And I do like, talk about that. Well, it was, right? Because you
0: crashed all the time? <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> it was such a great interaction. But you're right when she's just staring at Riker and smiling. And he's like, what is going what on? What is this? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what's happening. So the the Wrath of Khan ending of this is Jack is going to try to escape. and Well, Jack is going to give himself up. He's going to give himself up. Yeah, he's going to transfer over to the next ship. But then Riker, in another badass move, wakes up Crusher, even though she is... The Doctor's like, she needs to heal, she needs to sleep. He's like, fuck that, she's the only one who knows. Wakes her ass up, has her come out, and without even saying a word, acknowledge to Picard that he's his son. She just looks at him. She just looks at him. And that's where Picard's like, it's my son, and the Captain's like,
2: shit.
1: Yeah, that's when... Picard finally stops being a retired Admiral. Yes. And he says Admiral's orders. Turn this ship around. Lock everything down. He's not teleporting off this ship. We are fighting this woman. Yeah. Get ready. We're going into the nebula. Fuck your your coat and fuck your gym and everything else you want to do. We're doing it this way. Yeah. And I was waiting for that. That entire conversation with Shaw over dinner. I was like how is he getting away with this? Yeah. Like he doesn't need to get a- How is he getting away with this? And this was finally the moment we were all waiting for of like Well like Picard, you're an admiral, right? Like he can't talk
0: to you that way, man. Well and that's the thing is is no matter how arrogant you are, when Picard fucking puts the law down, yeah. Fucking you just do it. Yeah. And yeah, and so they fire a couple uh photon torpedoes at her ship to temporarily immobilize it, and then they take off into the 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 uh, nebula. Nebula and then that her ship follows and that's how the episode ends.
1: If she can't find us, she can't kill us.
0: Yeah and as soon as they went in the nebula I'm like oh god but here's the thing they I don't know how they're going to get away with this mm-hmm. because you, are you going to try to reenact that scene at the end of Wrath of Khan if you do you got to be careful mm-hmm. cuz it can't be flashy because what makes that so great is just the dung of the music it's all you hear and it's just like cat and mouse that scene is classic don't fuck it up mm-hmm. like you you you're going into that sacred cow area yeah and then i love strange new
1: worlds yes i love strange new worlds there was only really one episode that i didn't like i love the entire season yeah it was so good that episode where they're in a nebula or i guess it's a dying star it's not uh-huh. a nebula but it's the same thing scanners don't work all the ship's systems are broken mm-hmm. everything's wrong uh you can't get a good scan on anything unless mm-hmm. you're two feet from it i like that episode but we had a lot of complaints about the way that episode was shot uh-huh. And I think it's very similar here of like that was another cat and mouse type thing.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: they they can do this. They can. But they need to be very smart about it and a little smarter than they have been recently.
0: Yeah. They got to be smarter than J.J. Abrams was mm-hmm. with his con reveal in the second Star Trek movie, Into Darkness.
1: I mean, Into Darkness just ruined everything when it made it so you can teleport from planet to planet.
0: Yeah. That like that bad. just,
1: okay, so we don't need spaceships anymore. And
0: it, it was frustrating because I did like the beginning of that mm-hmm. movie. And then it was uh, okay, you're just going to fuck it all up. Yeah. But it's like if you're going to make an homage, make sure you don't sully the or- the original. Yeah. Cuz I cannot watch in the darkness. No. I cannot watch it because they've completely fucked it up. The whole thing with
1: You don't think tribbles can heal people?
0: Don't even get me fucking started on that. But um, Carl Urban told us. But like the thing is and 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 this it goes back to the whole Superman issue I have where there's no heart in between. The whole reason Spock and Wrath of Khan goes in there to fix the ship is because the nuclear radiation will not kill him right away. It will kill him, but he will be able to survive, where a human will not. Kirk, when he went in there, would be dead right away. So as soon as you swap those two characters, you completely fucked everything up. Because Kirk would have died the second he fucking stepped in there, he would have been dead. Mm-hmm. The whole point of Spock sacrificing himself is because no one else on the ship could do it but him. Fucked it up, yeah. and it's like, don't do that with this. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping because this episode was so fucking good, and there was, and so far the first two episodes are so fucking good, and you know, Jordy is still coming, and you know, Lore is still coming. Well, I mean, we saw we saw Worf, but he his getting back. His whole back, arc is going to be his bigger. arc coming back, and then uh, Troy is is going to be There's in this be, too.
1: Apparently, we see a little scene of them talking, her and Riker. And apparently, Riker done did a uh, an oopsie, yeah, and fully abandoned his family to come on this mission. So we gotta find out what the fuck is going on with that.
0: Yeah. So it's like we know there's gonna be so much greatness. It's like, yeah, just stick the landing.
1: No, I'm I'm excited to see where they go. I have a lot more faith after these first two episodes than I did after the first two episodes of season two. Oh, yes. Like, the moment we went back in time, I liked the first episode of season two. First
0: episode was really good. The second episode was so bad.
1: Yeah. And it just went so far downhill after that. And, you know, as long as we stick the landing, I don't Mm. have anything that has that Norman Bates and Andor feeling of, like, where is this going? It's mm-hmm. better pay off. The Rafi stuff, a little bit. But now that Worf's there, it kind of tempers it mm-hmm. some. We're like, I like Worf. I don't like Rafi. I might be able to put up with Rafi with Worf around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be better putting up with Rafi if she still had Reyes' holograms mm-hmm. on that ship with her. And they were all still doing their stupid thing from season one. I missed that. That was Mm. fucking great. And that's only going to be in season one. Yeah. That's such a crime that that's only going to be in season one. But anyway, I don't have anything that is hanging like the sword of Damocles over us right now. But I won't say that I'm 100% sure that this is going to be great. I still think that they need to do their homework, really stick to it, actually commit to the bit. And I'm also a little curious about this idea that everyone from next gen is different. Because the whole point of bringing them back is because you want them to be very similar.
0: Yeah, having them be different to a degree is fine. Well, so far, really, the only different one is Crusher. Crusher, because Riker's Riker, right? But Warf, like, f- until we hear him, like, hear him, like we hear him speak a little bit, but he still
2: he he seems a, like he Warf. was a warrior before. Yeah. He seems like Worf.
1: Yeah, but like that, we we have that line of how many of the people you knew are still the people you know. Yeah, and it's like. It has been 20 years, and I understand people change. But if you're bringing all these people back, I better be able to recognize them more mm-hmm. than just by their face. Yeah. I better be able to recognize their characters, too. So far, the stuff with Crusher is fine, because Crusher didn't have, like, a, an enormous character arc in the mm-hmm. show. She wasn't even in every episode.
0: Yeah. Um, so, like... She was out a whole season or two. Yeah. Changing her entirely is yeah. fine. It's fine. Um, but, like, so far, they haven't even changed her entirely. No. Like, they're making her out to be... She's a partner with her son where they're trying to save while they're doing the smuggling. So it would make sense that she would have to learn weaponry and be a little more aggressive in that way. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't even really seen her interacting with other people where she hasn't been shooting them. No. Because that scene, no words, when Picard and her make eye contact and you just see Picard's face. Mm -hmm. And it was like such a beautiful scene. And they didn't say one fucking word. Mm -hmm. It was so great. And they said so much without saying anything. Yeah. And I'm like, god damn, that's what I love. Yeah, no,
1: that was great. That was a great moment. There have been a lot of great moments so far, even with the Rafi stuff. I
0: agree with you, the teleported building. That was
1: so awesome. I've been waiting to see that kind of shit for so
2: long. And this
0: is what I thought about a lot during watching these two episodes. Even with Andor, these Star Trek shows, special effects-wise, are destroying Star Wars. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this show looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. We're sh- when you see the scene of her ship flying in over the city and then that, it's like, that's fucking seamless. Like, it looks it, it looks so good. Yeah. And it's like, why the fuck can't Star Wars make goddamn special effects look that good? I know. Or Marvel in general, for that matter. Or Marvel in general. Like, Ant-Man, the special effects are shit. Which, yeah. what's-his-face that plays, uh, was it Jonathan Major that plays Kang? Yeah. Was it him that said this week that a lot of people were pissed off about the special effects in that movie? Because it seems like they put a lot more money into Wakanda Forever. That was like their major movie they were focused on. And then this got like the B tier. Mm -hmm. And that's why the special effects look like shit in a lot of it. And it's like, I don't, I mean, they're making multiple Star Trek shows and they all look fucking spectacular. Yeah.
1: Well, you can tell that Paramount has circled Star Trek as their, like, premier name-brand thing yeah. that they are really pushing.
0: And they're so crushing it. Yeah,
1: they they're, they made sure to get it right, and they've been doing a great job. I haven't watched Discovery. I don't know about Discovery from Adam, but, like, from what I've heard, it's a very First mixed. First two bag.
0: seasons are good, and then it kind of goes down
1: Yeah, but my sister-in-law hates it,
0: you know, so, like, I don't know. Is, well, she... like I said, like I've said before, Discovery is like the CW Star Trek. Yeah. If you want to watch, like, these interactions and all the drama and all that that's discovery yeah these other shows are more basic star trek which i think that's what they're doing right is they're doing shows you know star trek movies are definitely a mixed bag i think you could pick out four that you i mean i would say there are four that i would call great yeah and then there's some that are good and then there's some that are fucking terrible
1: that's the thing is that most star trek movies are fine they're fine they're good. Yeah. They're not great. Like, the next-gen movies are mostly good. I don't know that I would call any of them eight. great.
0: See, First Contact to me is great. Yeah. But 2, 6, and 8 yeah. are the great movies. 4, it's kind of a mixed bag. I love it. Some people are kind of iffy on it I with going back in time. I don't like it. The first Next Generation movie I liked. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great, but I, I thought it was a good introduction. But then, yeah, 1 is iffy. 3, it's got its moments. 5 is horrific. 5 is unwatchable, flat-out terrible. Mm-hmm. Same thing with 9 and 10, Insurrection and Nemesis. The only thing cool about Nemesis is seeing Tom Hardy when he was a yeah. child, pretty much. But, but yeah, yeah, the, so, Even the
1: plot of those movies is like it's very middling. It's yeah. okay. It's fine. And There's then the three
0: new ones, I could give shit. About I
1: like Star Trek Beyond a lot. That's one of my favorite popcorn movies See, of the last I, fifteen
0: years. I hated it because fucking you have oh, Idris Elba. Elba, and you're never gonna fucking show him. Yeah, it's like it's fucking Idris Elba, man. You gotta like, you could have him as this humanoid, and then he's like morphing. And I didn't, but I like crawl as a villain. I like that whole line. I didn't of, necessarily dislike the villain, but mm-hmm. it's just like I love the idea of he's a warrior without a war. Yeah. And so he's
1: going out to make a war. He's
0: going to make a war.
1: And so like, I I don't know, I like Beyond a lot. I love, I know it's silly. I know all the reasons it's silly. I don't care. I fucking love the sabotage scene. I love it. It's so fucking cool where they need to play something on the radios to disrupt the ships as they're flying and because they have a and high. And they line. drop the member berry so from the first. And so they play sabotage because it's one of Jayla's favorite songs. Yes. And Kirk is like, this is a good song. And
0: it's so fucking righteous. It's so cool. See, I, I still have a bone to pick with them. on. There's a deleted scene in the very first movie. Because you see the scene where Kirk steals his, fa- his stepfather's car mm-hmm. and he drives by the boy walking and waves at him. There's a deleted scene showing the stepfather beating that boy because it's his brother. Mm. And then his brother says, fuck you, I'm leaving and leaves and that's when Kirk steals the car. And it's like, I wish they would have left that in because the whole there's a great book Collision Course which is um, it talks about um, Kirk and Spock meeting in Starfleet and it talks a lot about Kirk's brother Mm -hmm. and you get a lot of backstory kind of like we did a little bit in um, Strange New Worlds Mm -hmm. but you get a lot more backstory about his brother in the book and it's like I, I really, if you're going to go that route, introduce some of these older connections. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know about Kirk's brother. I want to know about his family. Yeah. You know, but. No, well. yeah. The Abrams movies
1: are a mixed bag, to be sure. Yeah. If for nothing else, the first two are barely watchable, just on a cinematic, cinematic. Oh my God, with the lens standpoint. flash. It's endless. <sighs> it's endless. You couldn't play a drinking game because you'd end up in the hospital. Yeah. It's endless.
0: And then there's the other scene where, where Nero, uh, Eric Bana's character, they play it like he's laying in bed, but you're te- you could tell he's getting tortured. And in that scene, he is getting tortured by Klingons mm-hmm. because that's where the ships have been all those years. They were captured by the Klingons and getting tortured from the Klingons. But and you watch that scene now and it's like he's either masturbating or he's doing something in bed. Because he's supposed to be in bed, but the look on his face is not somebody laying in bed. And it just freaks... It still bothers me. I don't yeah. know. Deleted scenes bother me sometimes.
1: No, it's, it's true. I there, There's so many elements I'll overlook for Star Trek 09, whatever they call uh-huh. it. But by Into Darkness, it's just like, are you fucking getting there yeah. right now?
0: And how can you ruin... You have Benedict Cumberbatch.
1: You dug out Robocop. I them. know. You dug out Robocop and for that gave this. him
0: some horrible lines.
1: Why? Why? And
0: then the infamous, now, Alice Eve is gorgeous, Yes, and I do love her, but you did not need to show her in her bikini. No. That was the most gratuitous, stupid fucking scene.
1: And I get it. Abrams had this idea that it was going to be a one for one, so he had that scene, but he also had a scene of Benedict Cumberbatch in the shower. I was like, oh, that's No.
0: No. Because you don't fucking need it. No. There is sex in Star Trek, but it's Kirk and Riker. Yeah. They bang aliens. <laughs> I and anything that together. walks. Anything, like, I'll, t- I'll take that line from Unforgiven where he says, Yeah, I've killed everything that's walked or crawled at one time. Kirk and, and Riker have fucked everything yeah. that's walked or crawled at one time. Oh, yeah. And it's like, Those two have sex. Yeah. Also, Data, in that one funny episode with him and um, the. Why can't I think of her freaking name? She was the security officer in Next Generation, and they get that sickness, and they all want to have sex, and she asks Data. Do you know how to have sex? And he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been programmed." I blah, forgot blah. about that. Yeah, you remember <laughs> that now. I forgot about that. And it's like, okay, David can have sex too, but it's like, you y- you just don't need to show that. Yeah. It was it was so like unnecessary. This is a huge Star Trek tangent. I no, love it. I love Star doing. Trek. But yeah, so I you know I I am hopeful that they continue on the trajectory. Of course, Strange New World season two is going to be coming out shortly, and I can't fucking I'm wait for so that. So
1: excited! Give me Gorn on screen that aren't baby Gorn. Yeah. I want a full grown Gorn. Gorn. I want a full grown Gordon. I want to see Laan fight it. Oh my god! I want it. That would be, be amazing. I want it.
0: So next week, I'm very excited for this. Next week, we are going to be delving into a third show. Yes. So oh next my week, god. we are going to be not only talking about the new episode of Picard, yep. but the new episode of The Last of Us, and. Episode 1 of The Mandalorian Season 3, which will be coming out Wednesday of next week. Pedro Pascal is going to do a little double duty on the show. He absolutely is. Yeah. <laughs> you said duty. Yeah, He's going to please that booty. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Episode 91 of NerdPod Generations. We truly hope you enjoyed everything you heard. If you did like what you hear, please go back and listen to our back catalogs. This is all pure gold. If this is your first time, you obviously found us somewhere. Let your friends and enemies know that you can find us on... Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any podcast out of your choice, pretty much. If you want to know a little bit more about us individually, you can look me up at staylorbooks.com. You can look me up at jetsamstudios.org under the Bronx Division tab. And happy birthday, Ian. Thank you.
1: You're Big 35. I'm an old man. Yeah. Look at that. Not really. Not uh, really. According to many boomers, I can't make my own decisions. You're damn right. Yeah. I fucking hate. Okay, anyway. We're not... <laughs> That's its own fucking thing. Good night, folks. Yeah, have a great week, friends and enemies.